Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichis Chedekirches, Parsha's Bolok, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learned the Pasuk, and this is in the second Navu of Bilam, where it says, Kiloi Nachash be Yaakov, Vulei Kesem be Yisrael, Kaes ye Omer le Yaakov, Vulei Yisrael, Mapal Kel. And we learned the teaching of Rashi on this Pasuk. And there are four parts in the sicha. The rebel, number one, asks seven questions on Rashi. Number two, negate the possible answer. Number three, present the key to answering all the questions and then answer the questions. And number four, present a hayra from all of this. We spoke many times and at length that Rashi in his pirush, in his commentary on the Torah, he explains Pshutei Shal Mikra. And that when Rashi presents teachings from Drushas Razal, it's a teaching in the form of a drash. It's because they are necessary in order to understand the pshat. Meaning, in other words, it's as if the pshat is begging and telling us to learn a drash over here. Nevertheless, despite this being the regular way of Rashi, we see in our parsha, by the words of Bilam, which are found in many psukim, that Rashi presents many teachings from drashas razal, completely out of the norm. We have so many drashas razal in these Rashis. And the reason for this is because the Torah in Pshutei Shal Mikra, it says clearly, The Torah tells us that it's a Moshal. And therefore it's understood that also according to Pshat, the meaning of these words aren't limited to their simple translation, but rather they are a Moshal to something. They hint to something which is not in the simple translation. And at the same time it's understood that also these Drashas Razal are indicated and proven in the Pshat meaning that they are connected to and they are required for the understanding of the Pasuk. So in other words, even though we have so many drushas here, and we understand the reason, because the Torah tells us, Vaisa Meshalei, but nevertheless, even these drushas Razal have to have a connection to the Pshat of the Pasuk. They have to be rooted in the Pshat to some extent, and they have to be necessary and required, and they have to be connected to the overall understanding of the Pasuk. According to this, we have to understand the second teaching of Rashi on the Pasuk of Kiloi Nachash B'Yaakov V'Loi Kesem B'Yisrael Ka'esi Ya'amr L'Yaakov V'Loi Ma'pal Kel So this is a Pasuk in the words of Bilam the second time that he came to try to curse the Yidin and the beginning of the Pasuk he says there are no sorcerers and soothsayers among the Yidin and the rest of the Pasuk is really what we're going to be learning in the Sicha to see what Rashi explains, what it means so Rashi quotes the words, this is his second teaching on this Pasuk, he quotes the words Ka'esi Amr Liyakiv, and he explains as follows. He says, Oid Asid Liyes Ace Ka'es Azais. So in other words, Rashi is reading the word Ka'es, meaning like this time, there will be a time in the future. So he says, there is destined to be a time like this time. Asher where the love that Hashem has for Yidin will be revealed for everyone. Shehin Yeshvin Lafanov that Yidin will sit before Hashem and learn Torah from Hashem's mouth. And their place is even closer than the Malachi Asharis. And the Malachi Asharis will ask the Yidin about what Hashem is doing. And then Rashi concludes with this period. She says, This is what's written in the Pasuk in Yeshaya. It's referring to that time. Then Rashi continues and says, Dover Acher, another explanation of these words, Ye Amr le Yaakov, Eine Loshen Asid. In the first explanation, we learned, Ka'es, Ye Amr le Yaakov. So Ka'es means like this time, there will be a time when in the future, Ye Amr. So Ye Amr is in the future. Says Rashi, Dover Acher. Another explanation is, 
that Yeomer Leyakiv Ainiloshan Asid. It's not in the future, Alaloshain Heva, but rather it means in the present. And it's saying that Ainan Srichan Lemanachesh Vekaisim, that didn't don't require, they don't need a sorcerer or a soothsayer. Kibuchol Eshet Sarach Leomer Leyakiv Lisrol, Mapal Akadesh Baruchu, Umag Zeraisa Bamarim, because whenever it's necessary to tell the Yidden what Hashem did and what are the decrees on high, they don't go to sorcery and soothsaying. It's told to them through their Nevi'im what is the Gzera, what is the decree of Hashem? Either to the Nevi'im or the Urim Vetumim tell them. And then Rashi concludes, and Unculus didn't translate this way, didn't explain it this way. And there are seven questions here. First, we're going to present four questions, try to answer them, and then present the other three questions. The first question is, where are all these details, especially in the first parish, where are they hinted to in the Pasuk, and how are they relevant to the Pshat? Let's look at the first parish for a second. Rashi says, There will yet be, there's destined to be, in the future, a time like this time, and then he has a bunch of details about this time. Number one, Number two, Shein Yeishvin Lefanov. Number three, Valaimdim Teir Mepiv. And number four, Umichitzasin Lefnim Malachi Asharis. Where does Rashi get all of these details from, and how are they relevant to the Pshat? The second question is, what's the difficulty in each pirush? We know that if Rashi brings two explanations for something, it's because each one of his explanations has a difficulty on it. And each one has a different difficulty. So the question is, what's the difficulty in each one of these two pirushim? The third question is, in what way is the first parish closer to the Pshat than the second parish? Like we explained, if Rashi brings two teachings for something, it's because each of them has a difficulty. Now, the reason Rashi brings the first one first and the second one second is because the difficulty on the first parish is not as great as the difficulty on the second parish, making it the main and better explanation. And so the question is, in what way is the first parish over here of Rashi closer to the Pshat than the second parish? And the fourth question is, what is Rashi's purpose in saying that Unculus didn't translate it, he didn't explain it this way. There are many cases throughout the Torah where Unculus explains the Pasuk different than Rashi, and Rashi doesn't mention that Unculus explains it differently. So what's his purpose in saying it over here? To explain why Rashi has two Purushim, and what's the difficulty in each one, some Mepharshim say, regarding the first Purush, the need for the first Purush, is from the Lashon of Ka'es. It says Ka'es with a Chaf HaDimyon. What's a Chaf HaDimyon? It indicates that Oid Asid Lies Eis Ka'es Azais. Ka'es means like this time, meaning there will come a time like this time, meaning that it's not something that will happen now. But rather, it's similar, it's something that will happen in the future, but it's Ka'es, it's like this time. What's this time? It's similar to what was mentioned just two Pesukim earlier, that Usruas Melech Bay. It says the two psukim before this, which as Rashi says, it means l'shein chiba v'reyos. So meaning that when it says over here, ka'es, ye'amr liyakav, it means there will come a time like this time. What's this time? This is a time of Hashem's love to the Yidden. So the Pasuk is saying that there will come another such time when tigalach ibasen le'inkal. And then Rashi proceeds to explain what's tigalach ibasen, and he gives all the things that he says over there, all the details. They're yeshim lefanov and they're lamed in terem and mechitzas lefnim malachi asharis. So, in other words, 
according to this explanation in Rashi, the emphasis and focus is on that it says ka'is, meaning there will come a time like this time. What's this time? We learned just two psukim beforehand. It's a loshen chibavareus. So there will come a time of tigala chibas in the el which will be similar to this time when you have the Indian of chiba as well. And regarding the second parish, so in the second parish, the words ka'is ye'amrali yakiv. The focus in the second parish is that they come in continuation to the beginning of the Pasuk. You have to see the Pasuk as one entity. The beginning of the Pasuk says, So the focus is on the flow, not on the specific word ka'is. And meaning, the Pasuk is telling us that when Yidin need to know something, it's told to them either through the Nevi'im or the Urim V'tumim. So the Pasuk says, The Yidin don't have these soothsayers and these sorcerers. And so how do they know the future? They, they need to know the future. It's told to them through the Nevi'im or the Urim V'tumim. And according to this, in the first parish, there's a difficulty, which is, Ka'esi Amal Yaakov doesn't connect to what it says in the beginning of the Pasuk. It's a completely separate thing. And also in the second parish, there's a difficulty, because simply, if you read the word Ye'amer, it means that in the future. It means in the future. Ye'amer in the future, and not in the present. And also, like we mentioned, that it says ka'es with a chaf adimian, meaning that it's not talking about now. It's saying there will come a time in the future which will be like this time. So we see that there's a difficulty in each parish. That, so that will explain to us the an answer to the second question, which is why does Rashi need two parish and what's the difficulty in each one? So the difficulty with the first one is the flow of the pasuk, and the difficulty in the second one is the words ye'amer and the chaf adimian in ka'es. However, according to this explanation, there remains three difficulties. Number one, although it's true that we see from the Pasuk that there will be a time similar to this time, like it says in the Pasuk, Ka'es, and then Ye'amer, when it will be told, Le'yakov Yisrael Ma'pal Kel, like we said, Ka'es means there will be a time in the future like this time. However, where's the proof and what's the relevance of the details that Rashi says? That Shehin Yeshim Lufanov and Lameidim Teirim Epiv and Mechitzasim Lufnim Malachi Asharis and Vehem Yishalu Lahem Mapal Kill. Where does Rashi get all of those details from and how are they relevant to the Pshat of the Pasuk? Number two, why does Rashi present the first parish before the second parish? On the contrary, the second parish, despite its difficulty with the wording of the Amr, which indicates in the future, and Ka'es of the Chafadimin, still in all, the second parish is closer to Pshut Mikra. Since the second half of the Pasuk comes in continuation to the first half, it's more important that the Pasuk should flow than that each individual word and letter should fit. And so although in the first parish each word and letter fits nicely, nevertheless the flow doesn't fit well. And in the second parish the flow fits well, and so it should be the first parish. Because the flow is more important than the specific details. And indeed we find that the Medrash brings the first parish second and the Ramban actually doesn't bring it at all, which indicates that the first parish is not as good as the second parish. Therefore, the Medrash brings it as a second parish, and the Ramban doesn't bring it at all. Whereas the second parish, the Medrash brings it first, and the Ramban does bring it. And number three, from the wording of Rashi, Rashi starts his second parish by saying, Davar Acher, Ye Amr Yaakov is Eina Loshen Asid. doesn't refer to the future. El Loshen Heve means now, in the present, that the Yidin don't have a Nachash a nachash and a kesem, and so how do they know what they need to know? It's through the Nevi'im or the Urim V'tumim. So Rashi starts off by saying that it's Eine L'shoen Asid, Ela L'shoen Heve. So from that, those words of Rashi, it's clear that Ye'amr can be L'shoen Heve. 
Rashi is telling us that Ye'amr can be either Asad or Haiva, and over here it doesn't mean Asad, it means Haiva. And as Rashi already explained to us, how is it that the word Ye'amr, which seems to refer to the future, how could it mean the present? So Rashi already told us in an earlier teaching of his that it's because it's a Dover or Haiva Tamid, something which is constantly there, constantly happening, so then you say about it like Ye'aseh or Ye'amr, it's always there. So the wording actually fits well. The word Ye'amr does fit with the second Pirish. It doesn't have to mean the future, it can mean the present. And also Ka'is, that we said Ka'is of the Chafa Dimyan, indicates that it's the time in the future, it's like this time. So it says the Rebbe, it could be explained to mean that when a time comes, that, that Yidin need to know something, so it's told to them either through the Nevi'im or the Urim Vitumim, like Mepharshim indeed explained that that's how to understand the word Ka'is, that Ka'is fits perfectly well with the second Pirish. So this strengthens the question even more, which is that not only is the second Pirish better and should be first, it seems that there's actually no difficulty whatsoever in the second Pirish, because the wording could fit perfectly well, both the Amr and Ka'is could fit perfectly well with the second explanation. And so if that's the case, not only should it be first, it would seem that it should be the only Pirish, since it has no difficulties. And so we are back with our question, why are there two Purushim, why are there two Purushim, and what's the difficulty with each one? It seems like the second Purush has no difficulty on it. Now, as a result of what we just said now, a question comes up. It's sort of a new question, which is, how does Rashi present the first Purush first if it doesn't flow into the continuation of the Pasuk? It doesn't flow in the Pasuk. So this is an entirely new question. Before we ask what's the difficulty in each of them, and wanted to know why is the difficulty in the second one greater than the difficulty in the first one. But now a new question sort of comes up, which is the first purse, according to what we just explained, doesn't fit at all. And so we're going to try to address that. Now, L'cha'era, we can explain that the connection to the beginning of the Pasuk, according to the first parish, because we said according to the first parish, Ka'es means, like this time, Avusruas Melech where it says, L'shen Chiba which is a two Pesukim before this Pasuk. It's saying, like this time, there'll be a time in the future, but then it doesn't fit with the beginning of the Pasuk that says, Ki Nachash So L'cha'era, we can explain that the connection to the beginning of the Pasuk is based on the teaching in the Gemara. It says over there that, Kol Adam any person that doesn't use Nichush, so he's brought into a place that even the Malach Hashar cannot enter. Shenamar and it brings our Pasak, And so that would be the connection between the two parts of the Pasak. The second part of the Pasak is saying, There will be a time in the future like this time, where it says two psukim before this, that is l'chibar and reyos. So there'll be a time in the future that also tigal l'chibasan. How does it fit with the beginning of the pasuk? Because in order to have one of the details that we mentioned, that there'll be a time in the future, that tigal l'chibasan, one of the things we said is that michitsasan l'fnim mimalachi asharis. So that's what it's saying by ke'esiyam al-yakov al-yisrom kel in that time in the future when tigal l'chibasan, there'll be and what causes that? What causes that is the beginning of the Pasuk, like it says in the Gemara. However, we can't say that this is what Rashi means. And so we have this big question that according to the first Pirish, the Pasuk doesn't seem to flow. The reason we can't say that this is what Rashi means is because three things. Number one, there's not even a hint in Rashi that is a result of Leinachash. Number two, according to this, it's not something that has to happen in the future. 
It's not specifically connected to the future, since Leinachash Biyakiv, Leikasim Biyisrael, is in the present as well. The whole first Pirush is based on Ka'es, like this time there'll be a time in the future. But then the reason for the for what will happen in the future is something which is already in the present. So why is it connected to the future? And number three, still we have to understand what's the connection and the relevance of the other details in Rashi. Rashi says, before Mechitzas and Lefnim and Malachi Asharis, he says, Shein Yeshen Lefanov Olamedim Ter Mepiv. How does that come in according to this? According to this, the only part that's relevant would be Mechitzas and Lefnim and Malachi Asharis. So now before we present the next three questions, we really have another question that got inserted here, which is, how do we understand the flow of the, of the Pasuk according to the first Pirish? What's the flow? The Pasuk doesn't seem to flow. There's no connection between the beginning of the Pasuk and the end of the Pasuk. The end of the Pasuk refers to Ka'is, like this time of two Pasukim prior, where it says, Ka'is, like this time, there'll be a time in the future, but it has nothing to do with the beginning of So that's a new question that gets added in here, so it'll end up that we have, we'll have eight questions and not just seven. Besides for our first four or five questions, there are an additional three points to make over here. Three diyukim in Rashi. Number one is, why does Rashi say, Malachi Hasharis? Mechitsasen lefnim mi Malachi Hasharis. Why don't you just say, lefnim from the Malachim? Number two, Rashi says, V'zeu shenemar, this is what's written in Yeshaya, V'hoyu e'necha reyes And so the question is, is this, the role of Rashi to explain psukim that are written elsewhere, because that's what it sounds like. This is what's written. So now you understand that pasuk. And the third question is, in Rashi's second parish, if we look at it over here, we have the text. Rashi says that that fits in the Pasuk. But then he adds, And then later on, he says, Now he only speaks about the Gzeri. He doesn't say, And so the question is, where does this idea, this Indian of Gzeri come up, that Rashi mentions it initially when he speaks about Ma'pal, HaKadosh Baruch he adds a Magzerius of Bamarim, and later on, that's the only thing that he mentions. How does this fit into the Pasuk? So those are three diyukim in Rashi, besides for our general questions that we asked earlier. The key to answering all of these questions is to understand the bigger picture over here. Once we see the bigger picture, we understand the flow of the Pesukim, we understand the flow of what Bilaam is saying over here, then we'll understand why Rashi explains what he explains on these words of Ka'is, Ya'amr Yaakov, or the Yisrael, Ma'pal Kel. So this now is going to be the key to answering all of the questions. So the explanation of this is, Balak over here, he hired Bilaam, like it says at the beginning of the parsha, for the purpose of go and curse this nation for me. And it was in response to this, that in the first time that Bilam spoke, our Pasuk is in the second time, but in the first time that he spoke, he said, and he explained that he can't do this. He's unable to curse the Yidin. Since how is he able to curse what Hashem doesn't curse? And then he continues and says, and he brings a bunch of Pesukim afterwards. He continues speaking at length, which in these Pesukim, he's talking about the great qualities of the Yidin. As Rashi explains, all these psukim to be talking about the great qualities of the Yidin. Similarly, in the second time, Bilam said again, Vaisa Mashali, and now we're in the second time, that's where our Pasuk is. So he begins by saying, 
which as Rashi explains, it means that he can't fulfill what Balak wants, which was Lahamisam Bamidbar, to kill the Yidin in the Midbar, because Laish Kelvi Kaziv. Hashem is not a man that lies, and Hashem said he's going to bring the Yidin into Eretz Yisrael. So he starts off with the same exact thing, saying, I can't curse them. Like he said the first time, Ma'ekav, I can't curse them. Then he continues, just like the first time, to, to further speak of the great qualities of the Yidin and Hashem's love for them. Which, if you look at the Pesukim over there and the Rashis, the Pesukim over there are explained to mean that the great love that Hashem has for Yidin, it causes Hashem to overlook the Averis of the Yidin. And then he continues, and to the contrary, it's not just that the Averis are removed and there's nothing there. True Asmelech Rashi learns it to mean, L'shen Chiba Vereyus, that there's a love from Hashem to the Yidin. He then adds to this, that not only is it not possible to orally Yisa'om, this is a new thing that we only see in the second time. He adds, after saying he can't curse the Yidin, and then speaking about the great qualities of the Yidin, he adds to this, that not only is it not possible to orally Yisa'om, to curse the Yidin, rather it's the total opposite. And this is our Pasuk. And our Pasuk, like we said, this is the second Rashi in the Pasuk. The first Rashi says, what does it mean, Ki it means ki ruhuyim aim lebracha. The Yidden actually deserve a bracha. You know why? She'im ben benachshem v'kaismim, because they don't have these soothsayers and these sorcerers. So that's the flow up to this point. Bilam is saying he can't curse the Yidden. He goes on to speak about the great qualities of the Yidden, and this time he adds another thing. He cannot curse the Yidden because they actually. That not, he goes on to say another thing, which is that not only can't he curse the Yidden, but they actually deserve a bracha, the opposite of a curse. And he says, They deserve actually a bracha. And it's in this context that the next words in our Pasuk come up, where it says, How do they come up? Because, because, is the cause for the bracha, so this reflects on the lowliness of Bilam, because he was a kaisim. So therefore, Bilam continued to speak of the greatness of the Yidden, by saying, in order to emphasize that the reason he is unable to curse the Yidin, it isn't because of his inferiority, but rather because of the greatness of the Yidin, which, which he expresses with the words, and once we understand that this is where these words come up, we'll see how the two teachings of Rashi fit perfectly into the Pasuk. And so at this point, we in a way already answered what we have over here as the fifth question, that question about how, what's the flow in the Pasuk according to the first Pirish. We didn't see it in detail, but we're seeing over here that these words come specifically in continuation to the previous words in the Pasuk. Because Bilam said, And he was saying that as a result of that, he didn't deserve a bracha. So now he has to point out that the greatness of the Eden, that they don't have a kaisim, and he's a kaisim, doesn't reflect his lowliness, but rather it's because of the greatness of the Yidin. So he adds something about the Yidin that brings out their greatness. So that we see the flow, and now we're going to get into all the details, answer all of our questions, and in that context we'll see even more how it flows from the beginning of the Pasuk. According to this, we can now begin answering the questions. We're going to begin by answering questions number one, five, and six. The first question was, where are all the details that Rashi mentions? Where are they hinted to in the Pasuk? And how are they relevant to the Pshat? Question 5 we already began answering is, what's the flow in the Pasuk according to the first Pirish? And question 6 was, why does Rashi say, Why not just Mimalachim? So in order to answer this, let's go to these words that we're talking about over here in the Pasuk and see how Rashi is learning them. The beginning of these words over here, it says, 
What does ka'es mean? Now, when you say ka'es, it's the same as saying ka'es, meaning like the known time. So ka'es refers to a known time. Not the way we were learning it until now, that ka'es, like this time, there will be a time in the future. So there'll be a time in the future, ka'es, like now. Not like now, but rather ka'es, like the known time. And since the discussion over here is about the love for the Yidin, like as we see in the Pesukim, he's saying Hashem forgives the Yidin for their averus because of his love. Usruas Melachboi, he has this Chiba with them in Ereus. So since the discussion is about the love for the Yidin, so it's understood that it's referring to a time when we saw the love of Hashem for the Yidin. And the Pesuk is saying, Keha Eis, like that known time, there will come a time in the future. Now also Ben Chamesh Shemirka knows that the time that Hashem's love for the Yidin was revealed was at Matan Terah. We see that it says by Matan Terah that you'll be a treasure to me from all of the nations for the whole earth, the whole land is mine. And as Rashi explains over there that the word Skulo comes from the word, is connected to the word of a, a precious treasure. And he says, so to you will be a precious treasure to me from among all the nations. Rashi continues and says, Don't say, well, we're the only ones that are yours. There's no one else. So, you know, that minimizes how we're a precious treasure. We're really the only ones that are here with you. These are important words, as we'll see. What more do I have, Hashem says, that I could make that your my, the love that I have for you should be recognizable, should be able to be seen. The answer in the Pasuk is, So the Pasuk is saying, You will be a precious treasure to me. From all nations. And if you say, well, that's not so special because we're the only ones that are here with you. So the Pasuk continues, Meaning, Hashem says, everything is mine. The whole world, the whole earth is mine, and they're nothing before me because you are my precious treasure. Now, since it says, that the time in the future will be like the time of Matan Terah, so it's understood that just like by Matan Terah, you did learn Terah from Hashem himself, so so too in the future they will learn Terah. So let's go through what Rashi says. Rashi says, what time of, like this time, this known time of Matan Terah, my love for them will be revealed before everyone, just like they say by Matan Terah, Hashem's love for the Yidin. And then he says, that's what happened also by Matan Terah. So now since it says, that in the time of the future, it'll be like Matan Terah, so we have the Terah Mepiv, because he didn't learn Terah from Hashem. And since the revelation of love is expressed in comparison to others, then in comparison to them, comparison to them is like Rashi said. You want that it should be so it won't work with the Goyim, it has to be in comparison to everything else that Hashem has. So it's understood that when it talks about learning Terah, which Goyim have no connection to learning Terah, we must say that the revelation of the love is in comparison to the Malachi Asharis. That, that who do have a connection to Torah, and he chooses specifically Malachi Asharis, meaning to say that even the Malachim whose job is Lasharis Hashem, that their whole existence is to serve Hashem, and not just Malachim that ha- are sent on missions, which is a lower position of Malachim. So here we're seeing the continuation. So Rashi says there'll be a time that Tigabachibasim, like by Matan Torah, that they're lamed in term of like by Matan Torah. And it has to be in comparison to something that is, so to speak, in the same category. So he says, even from the Malachi Asharis, who are connected to Torah. And he chooses Malachi Asharis specifically to show even a higher level of Malachim. Malachim that are not there for missions, but they're on a higher level of Malachim, even in comparison to them. Hashem is going to, you're going to see the love of Hashem to the Yidin. 
And it's going to be in regards that the Malachim will say, Ma'pal Kel, they're going to ask by the Yidden what's going on. According to this, it's understood that in continuation to saying, Yeru'im Him Lebracha, is because Kilei Nachesh Be'yakiv. Therefore, Bilam added, because he said Kilei Nachesh Be'yakiv, therefore Bilam added and explained that the reason that a curse can't be brought upon the Yidden, it isn't because he is a Menachesh V'Kaisim, and they are Loi Nachesh, but rather because of the great quality of the Yidden that their love will be revealed, and all of these details, including the Mechitzasen Lefnim Mimalachi Asharis. So that's what Bilam is adding over here. He's adding on in continuation, that they are Reuim Lebrachos. He goes on to say, it's not because he's low, but because of the greatness of the Yidin, that there will come a time in the future that the love of Hashem to them will be revealed. And they're going to learn Torah from Hashem. And they're going to be even closer than the Malachi Asharis. That's the reason. That's the, that's the reason why. They are Reuim Lebracha, and not because of his lowliness. Now we're going to move on to answer questions one and seven. So question number one, where we asked about all the details in Rashi, we answered most of the details. What remains to be understood is that Rashi says, What's the words, What does Rashi take that out from the Pasuk? And question number seven is at the end of this period, Rashi says, this is what the Pasuk means when it says, We ask that the job of Rashi is not to explain to us Pesukim Anach. So let's continue with our explanation. And as we look at our explanation, there are a number of difficulties here. Number one, by Matan Terah, the Yidin said they didn't want to hear directly from Hashem out of fear that they would die. So how can there be a time when Yidin will learn Terah Mipiv? We saw that the Yidin were afraid. And number two, even if there will be such a similar time, why is it any better than Matan Terah that only it can negate a curse. Bilam was saying the reason that he can't give them this curse and their Ru'yim Lavracha is not because of his loneliness, it's because of their greatness. Which greatness? Ka'is, like that well known time, there will be a time in the future when all these things will happen. Why does it have to be because of that time in the future? Why don't he just say it's because of Matan Torah that already happened? And therefore Rashi says, he says two things. He says, where it says clearly, he's not telling us the meaning of that Pasuk. He's telling us that we learned something over here from that Pasuk. It says clearly over there that Hashem will be our teacher, not Maisha Rabbeinu. So we will learn Taira Mipiv. And that Shein Yeshvan Lefanov. Rashi told us that when it says, when the word Yeshiva is used, it means Akava, which indicates that it's not a one-time or short-term thing, but rather Yeshvim in a set and permanent way. And so that, and that answers our two questions. Number one, our question was about the Yidin learning Torah Mipiv. We said that there was afraid. That was then. But when Mashiach comes, it says, And they're Yeshvim. And regarding our other question, why do you have to have that time? Why isn't the time of Matan Torah good enough? So we see, because by Matan Torah, it wasn't as great that the Yidin did not learn directly from Hashem. It was only at the beginning. But afterwards, they stopped learning from, directly from Hashem. But in that time, like this well-known time, there'll be a time in the future, but it'll be a little greater. It'll be a greater time in regards that the Yidim will learn directly from Hashem. And that's why Bilam pointed out that time, which is a, a, a greater time, as the explanation for the greatness of the Yidim and how it's not his lowliness. Now we're going to move on to answering questions number two and number three. Question number two was, what is the difficulty in each of the parishim? And question number three was, in what way is the difficulty on the first parish less than the difficulty on the second parish? So however, after we finished learning and getting an understanding of the first parish, there's a difficulty with this, which is, since this is something that will only happen in the future, that keha ace, there will come a time like the well-known time, there will come a time in the future of the when the love of Hashem Tzidim will be revealed and all these special things will happen. So if that's what it's all based on, so how does it accomplish that now in the present, Bilam can't curse them? 
how does what it's going to happen in the future explain why Bill and Camp cursed Eden in the present? So that's the difficulty with the first parish. So now we know what the difficulty is, which explains to us why there's a need for a second parish. And therefore Rashi presents a second parish, which according to it, Rashi tells us right at the beginning, Ye'amr doesn't mean in the future, it means in the present, which this is addressing the difficulty. But the difficulty is that in the first parish, that it's something that's going to happen in the future, it says Rashi, Ye'amr in the second parish, it's not in the future, it's in the present. And he explains, what is it? Whenever the Yidden have to know what Hashem is going to do, so they don't use these sorcerers and, and soothsayers. It's told to them through their Nevi'im, which this is all a matter in the present and not just the future. So that's why we have the second parish. Now, what's the difficulty with the second parish? However, there's also difficulty according to the second parish. Because it comes out that this second part of the Pasuk is not adding anything to and to Bilam's inability to curse the Yidden. And it's just the ending and continuation to the beginning of the Pasuk saying, It's telling us as a continuation, as a result, they deserve a bracha. And we're saying the Yidin don't have a menachesh, they don't have a kaisim. So the Pasuk ends off that the Yidin get to know what they need through their Nevi'im. So it's not a new thing, it's just a continuation ending of the point that we mentioned. The Yidin don't have a nachesh and a kesim. Oh, so when the Yidin need to know the future, it's told to them through their Nevi'im or their Urim so according to this, it's understood that Rashi chooses the first parish as the main one. Because since the Pesukim over here are discussing the words of Bilam, where he benched the Yidden and spoke of their greatness, so it's understood that the explanation that his words express the greatness of the Yidden fits much better into this whole flow and this whole discussion. And so that's why Rashi brings both Purushim, and he brings the first one first and the second one second. Now we're going to move on to answering question number eight. In question number eight, we asked, why does Rashi add in his second parish Twice he mentions the Xeris of Bamarum, Hashem's Xeris. Why does he add this over here? The first time he adds it on to what will be in the future, the Nevi'im tell us what will be in the future, and they also tell us what are the Xeris. And then after he says, he doesn't even mention the future, he just speaks about the Xeris Samakim. What does this thing of Xeris come in? So after we're done explaining everything we did till now, however, what we're going to add over here is that it makes sense to say that also according to the second Pirush, the Ka'es Yerma Yaakov Mapal Kale, to say that that is adding to the explanation for why Bilam can't curse the Yidin. It's not just telling us that he didn't have where to go, but it's also giving us an explanation for why he can't curse the Yidin. So although that's not the main point of this explanation, but it's also there. Now what's, how, does, how is Rashi saying this? How is Rashi telling us an explanation that Bilam can't curse the Yidin? So Bilam knew that Hashem doesn't want he doesn't want the Yidin to be cursed. However, he thought that he can be mechaven. He could find the exact time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu when Hashem is angry, and that then he can curse the Yidin. So he'll take advantage of that time. So therefore Rashi adds in the second parish that Umag Bamarim and Samakim that the Yidin can find out the Xeris through the Nevi'im, meaning that also according to the second parish, the words they are a continuation and a negation of the curse. Because since even in the time when the Yidin know about it, they know Xeris, they know Xeris Amakim, they know Hashem is angry, they know through their Nevi'im. And the Urim Vetumim, and so they remove the decree through doing Tshuva. So that's how even in the second parish, it's not just saying that they didn't have Nevi'im, and with the Urim Vatumim, instead of the Kaismim and Menachshim, but it's also giving an explanation for why Yidin are Ruim Him Lebracha and why Bilam can't curse them, because they didn't have a way to address it through the Nevi'im of the Urim Vatumim by finding out the time that Hashem has Xera, Hashem is angry, and then they could do Tshuva to address that. Now, over here in the Sikha, there's a side discussion 
about connecting the difference between the two explanations of Rashi over here to a general shaila and halacha, which is whether a greater advantage in the future or a small advantage in the present, which one of them is greater? So there's a general shaila and halacha, whether we have an option of something greater, but it'll be in the future, or something smaller, that will be in the present. Which one outweighs which? Now it seems that Rashi is saying that a greater thing in the future is greater. It's a more powerful thing, and that's why Rashi takes it as the first pirish, which is there will be a time in the future. And that's why we're negating the curse. That's much more powerful to negate the curse. Something in the future which is greater than choosing something now that didn't have Nevi'im and Urmvetumim in the present, but it's not as great. However, the Rebbe says that we really can't connect these two things for two reasons. Number one, it's not really a smaller advantage in the present. What's the smaller advantage? That he didn't have Nevi'im. To Bilam, that wasn't an advantage because he himself was a Navi, so he didn't really appreciate it as something to call even a small advantage. And number two, and more importantly, the first answer is not talking about something which is only in the future. It's not just in the future. We're saying there will come a time, like the time of Mount Terra, that will be revealed the love, meaning in the future it's going to be revealed, but it's already here also in the present. So this is not a proper comparison of something greater in the future or something smaller in the present, because number one, we said the smaller thing in the present is not even small. It's almost like it's not there at all because Bilam did not consider it. And number two, and more importantly, it's not something greater in the future. It's already something greater now. It's just that in the future, it'll be revealed. Now we're going to move on to answer question number four, which is our final remaining question, where we asked, why does Rashi conclude by saying, so according to this we see, according to the explanation we gave up to this point in understanding this Pasuk and the whole this context over here of the words of Bilam, so we see that the main idea in Bilam's words is the unique qualities of Yidin, which he was forced to emphasize many times in order to address the demands of Balak that he should curse the Yidin. And it's for this reason that in Pshut Mikra the Pesukim are talking about the greatness of Yidin. In Pshut Mikra we have to explain that it's talking about the greatness of the Yidin. That was the whole understanding over here, that, Bil, that Bilam is talking about the greatness of the Yidin. Therefore Rashi points out and wonders, in many of the Pesukim, this parsha, Rashi explains the Pasuk, according to the Targum, or at least as one of the explanations he uses the Targum, one of his explanations. The one exception is in our Pasuk, where Rashi says, with either explanation of Rashi, and rather he goes with the very literal Pshut Unculus translates this Pasuk that the Menachem and Kaisman don't want what's good for the Yidin. It doesn't connect to the whole idea of speaking about the good of the Yidin. It just says the Menachem and Kaisman, they don't want the good of the Yidin. And so Rashi is pointing out and wondering, this is an anomaly, it's not the norm. Over here he's using the explanation of Unkelis many times, and over here Unkelis says differently. And even though Rashi doesn't agree with Unkelis, because like we said, it's all a mushal and it talks of the greatness of the Yidin, nevertheless he doesn't want to totally negate the explanation of Unkelis. And he expresses and explains this by saying, so in other words, Rashi is saying, he's pointing out and wondering that Unkelis has a different explanation over here. Now, why is he pointing out and wondering? What, what is he trying to tell us with this? He's trying to say that he doesn't want to completely negate Unklus. So he's not going with the explanation of Unklus, but he's telling us there is another explanation, and he doesn't want to negate it. Now, what's the reason he doesn't want to negate it? He says it in his words, by saying, Unklus, who explains things in a way of Pshutah Mikra, even when the Pasuk is saying you need a drash. Unlike Rashi, Rashi says if the Pasuk says you need a drash, we're going to bring a drash. Unklus, who explains things in a way of Pshutah Mikra, even when the Pasuk is saying you need a drash, lay tirgim kain. He didn't explain it this way, because according to his approach, which is always go with Pshat, which is also generally Rashi's approach. And since generally it fits with Rashi's approach, 
So although Rashi is not going with it over here, he's still telling us there's another explanation there, and he's saying Vaunkelis. He's pointing out and wondering Vaunkelis, who usually fits with him over here. Like Tirkenkin didn't explain it, and so there is another parish out there which Rashi is mentioning without actually presenting it. One of the Hayrois, one of the lessons we can learn from this is as follows. In the two Purushim of Rashi, the second one spoke about the Nevi'im, the first one about learning Torah from Hashem. So not only is the revelation through the Nevi'im something which continues, and in all times there are clear Hayrois, which Hashem gives us through Avod of Rashi Alfei Yisrael, Enei Eide Bechol Darvadar, through the Rabbeim, but rather also this, that you didn't learn Torah, the first Purushim Rashi, is not something which is a one-time event by Matan Torah. Rather, every time that a Yid learns Torah properly, it's like it says, They're learning Torah, and it's just that now it's hidden, and in the future, but it's happening right now. The future is Tigala, but it's true today as well. And therefore, it's understood that there's no reason to be intimidated from those who scoff at learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, and especially in because one has a clear Hayrah, or one has clear Hayrahis, from Avod of Rosh Alpha Yisrael Eine Eide Bechol Darvader, and even more so that one is learning Mipiv Shal Kadosh Baruch Hu, and certainly one is together with Hashem, like it says a Kadosh Baruch Hu Kerev Sheni Kenegdei, and to the extent that Malahalan Beim Ovira Veresus Avzeya Afkan, that it's the same as by Matan Torah, and therefore since one is together with Hashem, there's nothing to be intimidated intimidated from, including the Rakshu Goyim and the Luumim Yegu, because one knows that it's all Rik, like it says in the continuation of the pasuk there. And even if it comes from a king or an officer or from one of the Nevi'im of the Goyim, even then it's the same. A person's not intimidated because also they know, they themselves, this king, the officer, their Navi, and Mazlayu Chazi, the tremendous greatness of Eden, like we see that Bilam Shir, the greatness of the Eden. And that Mechitzasen Lufnim Malachi Asharis. So we have to know it, and we should also know that they really know it as well. To the extent that all the Goyim agree that Ru'uyim Him Lebracha, like Bilam said, because Ein Behem meaning that they don't at all consider Consider what does it mean? Ain ben that the Yidden don't at all consider with the ways and conduct of the Goyim. Rather, Yidden stand strong in the Muna, in their Muna, in our Muna, in Teira. And then, when we do this, instead of disturbing Yidden, the Goyim bench and help Yidden that they shouldn't lack anything. And to the contrary, not only we shouldn't lack anything, but we should have everything that extras and everything that we need, and especially in leaving, they help the, the Yidden, especially in leaving the Midbar Agolus and enter the Gula Mitzvah Hashlema in Eretz Yisrael, and then we'll come to Tigale Chibosan Le'in Kel and Vahayu Malachim Umnayich Vesarusayim and Kasayach that the Goyim will serve the Yidden and Vamduzarim Vehutzeinchem again emphasizing how the Goyim will help the Yidden in the Gula Mitzvah Hashlema Bekarav Mamish in Eretz Yisro.